0: Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor David Lindell, Executive Ministry Pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I would like you to grab your Bible. We're going to the book of Acts. Maybe you got it on your phone, your your light up glow Bible. And uh, I just want to talk to you for a few moments on the subject, built for boldness built for boldness. And there's something inspirational about boldness. When you see somebody do something bold, you can't help but kind of awe you a little bit, especially if it's outside of the realm which you would normally operate or exercise boldness. I love you know watching, we've got four kids, and so you watch them and there are certain ways that each one of them are bold in their own way. And I think of, when I think of boldness, one of the, you know, I think the illustration that resonates most closely for me, uh, just in this moment, we're in the middle of our second soccer season of the year. (laughs) We love soccer. They love soccer and we love it because they love it. Uh, we just, and I love watching them play soccer. And so we are finishing up the indoor season. It's been really fun, but watching one, you know, all of them have their uniquenesses. So Henley's getting ready to start. Owen can, likes to play different positions. Elliot though, has kind of latched onto the goalie position. And not everybody is good at playing goalie. Let's just be honest. Not everybody, because part of what has to be in the DNA of a good goalie is reckless abandon. They've got to throw themselves at an object that somebody has kicked very hard, probably at their face. And they've just got to lean into that and like it. That's a different sort of person right there. Elliot is that person. He is the person, I call him our ready, fire, aim child. And this, he applies that to everything in life, almost. Not, not, not completely, but lots of things. He is a bundle of passion and intensity and boldness and watching him just fly toward a ball and smack the ground and then get up and be like, that was great, and then do it again. <laughs> That's boldness. The dictionary defines boldness this way. Willingness to take risk and act innovatively. That sounds like a goalie. Confidence or courage. This is boldness. And can I tell you this? Boldness is necessary for you to do what God has called you to do. I don't know all of the specifics about the calling that God has individually tailored to your life that he created you to fulfill. But I do know that your calling will take boldness, especially that specific part of your calling that applies to every Christian, namely the calling to go and reach lost people. It's going to take boldness. I love studying the book of Acts in the New Testament. Written by Luke, because what it does is it chronicles the life of the early church. And I believe that the closer we get to the return of Christ, the more parallels we're going to see between our world and the culture and the cultural opposition to the spread of the gospel that the early church encountered. We're going to see it. And so when we look at Acts, what we're doing is we're getting a field guide for how the gospel spreads in the midst of a cultural climate that is opposed to it. And one of the things that is part of the DNA of the early church is boldness. This radical, audacious courage, this willingness to innovate, to see the gospel spread and resonate in the culture. And we just finished up two Mission Sundays which were amazing as we talked about how the gospel, how God is going to channel resource through us to reach parts of the world, part, some parts that have never heard the gospel before, which is so exciting, but all of that begs the question, it begs the question, whether you're watching online or you're listening in the room, how are you taking the gospel to the people around you? How are you taking the gospel to your neighbors? How are you taking the gospel to your coworkers? How are you taking the gospel to your extended family members? Because you were built for boldness. You were built for boldness. You say, well, I don't feel very bold. Oh, well, you were built for boldness. You know, what? I just, I don't do well one-on-one talking to people about my faith. You are built for boldness. You were built for boldness. No matter where you find yourself in this walk of faith, God is positioning you. He has put the Holy Spirit within you, and he has built you for boldness. And when you go to Acts chapter 4, part of what we see is that often the pathway for the power of the Holy Spirit is the boldness of God's people. The pathway for you and I to see the Spirit's power is, is God's People acting, us acting with boldness as we encounter the world around us. And so I wanna look with you at Acts chapter four just for a few moments because in this passage we encounter some truths about boldness. And I wanna start reading in Acts chapter four and verse one. As they were speaking, and who's they? This is Peter and John. And what we've learned when we walk through chapter three is they are kind of on a tear. They are spreading Jesus everywhere they go. And so somebody just got healed very prominently, a guy who's been lame from birth. God has healed them through the ministry of Peter and John. And now they're openly teaching Jesus as the resurrection. And they're continuing to do that at the beginning of Acts four. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed. Because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they attested and they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day for it was already evening but many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000. The first truth about boldness we see is that boldness builds the kingdom. Boldness builds the kingdom. That it is fuel through which the kingdom spreads and expands the boldness of God's people. And so the early church is in the midst of facing incredible opposition incredible threats of persecution and now some of the most influential people at the epicenter of the spread of the gospel are actively seeking to squelch and silence that message and in the midst of all of that, the early church is undeterred. So we heard, if you go back into Acts, that there are, there's, this, there's this move of God, and in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people yeah. come to Christ, which is powerful. And then a little later, we find out that daily, God is adding to the number of those who are being saved. So on top of those who are counted in that 3,000 daily, God is saving people, God is opening people's eyes, and it's happening through the the spread of the gospel and the sharing of the gospel and the boldness of God's people. And now in Acts chapter 4, verse 4, we find out the number has grown to 5,000. So the church is on fire. It's spreading like wildfire. And here's the thing, God is perfectly capable. We need to understand this, God is perfectly capable of saving people all on his own, right? Online, right? He's perfectly capable of saving people all on his own. But he is working, his method of bringing people to faith in Christ predominantly, overwhelmingly, is through the boldness of his people. His people get bold, his people get courageous, his people step out, his people open their mouths, and what happens? The gospel spreads. This is the way God works. He could do it. Oh, he could do it, but he wants to work through you, and he wants to work through me, and he wants to make us bold for the sake of the advance of the kingdom of God. It's a powerful thing. He could do it on his own, but he doesn't want to. He wants to work through people. And I want you to notice that when you are bold, this is a newsflash, not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to like it. So when you read Acts chapter 1 through verse 4 and you get to verse 4, it tells us. All of that tells us something about these very important, influential, powerful people and their opinion of what Peter, John, and the early church are up to. It says they were greatly annoyed. I I love that about Luke. He's like, they just, they weren't just annoyed. They were greatly annoyed. They were really, really irritated. They were annoyed. I think it's such an interesting description, but it is so applicable to what we encounter so often when we get vocal with our faith. Here's the thing. I don't want you to be surprised when you get bold with your friends who are not walking with Jesus. When you get bold about the things of eternity, when you get bold about salvation only in the name of Jesus, when you get bold about the message of the gospel, there are going to be some people who are greatly annoyed. (laughs) I don't want you to be surprised about that. When you enter your workplace and you are on mission, not just to do your job, but you also recognize that God has strategically, purposely placed you in that space to be a light in the darkness that's gonna annoy some people. When you go to your extended family, they may respond to you at times like, I don't wanna talk about that anymore. You know what, you're welcome to come over I just don't want to hear any more about Jesus. Yeah. When you get bold, there will be times when people get annoyed. Here's what you have to know, though: under the surface, under the surface of that annoyance, the kingdom of God is advancing. Yeah. Well, you're not. Well, here, here. Just, just be. Let's be mindful of this. You're not looking for them to not be annoyed because annoyance is signaling the fact that God is doing a work in their heart. He's working on them. So as long as they're annoyed, you know the spirit of God is moving. You know the gospel is irritating something within their soul that they just can't ignore. So don't get discouraged, be encouraged. God is on the move. God is at work. God is speaking. God is working through your bold proclamation because God's kingdom is built through boldness. But the second truth I want you to notice is this. Boldness points beyond you. Boldness points beyond you. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 5. On the next day their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired by what power, because they had seen the power in the healing of this lame man or by what name did you do this? What is this all about? What's at the epicenter of this Peter and John? Now, you go down to verse 13, and they're getting a little clearer. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They had recognized they had proximity. They didn't have the power. They had been in proximity to someone who had the power. They had been with Jesus. I love this though. What catches their attention? What catches their attention? When they saw the boldness, they saw something. Some of us are wanting to, for people, just to be honest, we're wanting for people to see Jesus without boldness. We're wanting our light to shine. We just don't want to be the one to shine it. God, would you just help my light to shine? Now, I don't want to be a part of that, but if you would just help it to shine, I just want to reach the world, not personally, but I just want it to emanate from me. Well I do nothing. (laughs) They're going to have to see something. They're going to have to see something. Something is going to have to catch the attention of a watching world. Because guess what? Our world pays attention to boldness. Our world pays attention to risk takers, our world pays attention to innovation, our world pays attention to courage, but often the end game of that innovation, that courage, that risk taking is not of eternal weight and significance. But when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, okay, you got our attention, we saw The boldness, what catches their attention is boldness. We have to remember this, that oftentimes when there is the most pressure to be silent, there is also the most potential power. When there is the most pressure to zip it, then you can know that the Holy Spirit has positioned you. So some of you are in places and spaces where you're saying, it is very hard to be courageous here. It is very hard to be bold here. Can I just tell you the reason it's hard to be bold there is likely there is a demonic stronghold there, that darkness has a foothold there and darkness knows the light that you're carrying into that space, potential power. Darkness does not want a match to be struck in its midst. Where there is the most pressure to be silent, there is also the most potential power for the gospel to take hold and spread and transform lives and change people. So it's through their boldness that they catch the attention of the leaders, of these chief priests and, and the high priestly family, they catch their attention now. When they catch their attention through boldness, boldness signals a couple of things to them. And I think it's the same thing that ends up get signaling in our, gets, getting signaled through our boldness. Two, two things. First, it signals what causes them to pay attention is the boldness, but they perceive a couple of things. They perceived that they were uneducated common people. That's encouraging because I'm a common person. Most of us are common. We're everyday people. We've got gifts that God has given us and I'm not disparaging that. We've got things God has positioned us. He's given us opportunities. I got to go to seminary. That was awesome. But at the end of the day, like I'm, a, I'm an ordinary person. Here's the thing. If you're going, well, I'm an ordinary person. Guess what? God can do something extraordinary through that. Oh, oh, he can set you in front of the most powerful people. He can put you in places of influence. If you will say, I'll be bold. I'll be bold. I love that it didn't say, it doesn't say, they recognize their boldness. And what they knew is their brilliance. They just said, man, these guys are brilliant. Then we'd all be going, oh, that. That counts me out. A few of us, the joggers, would be like, no, I'm in on that. <laughs> I love the joggers. Um, a few of us would, may feel like we qualify for the brilliance category, but by and large, most of us are ordinary, but we serve an extraordinary God who loves to work through ordinary people. So it's okay. It's okay that I am a normal person. I'm a normal person with normal struggles, I'm a normal person, and God loves to work through normal people. He created them. He just loves them. And if they will step out and be bold, it will astonish a watching world that God does the extraordinary through the ordinary. That God puts the Holy Spirit into everyday human beings and he shows his power through them. God wants to do that through you. You don't have to meet all these criteria. You don't have to qualify for the brilliance ribbon to be pinned on your chest. You can say, God, I'm an ordinary, normal person. What can you do with me? And he can say, well, I can turn the world upside down with that. That's what I can do. They not only, though, perceived that they were uneducated common men and that astonished them. They also saw something else. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. They'd been with Jesus. If they were ordinary men who hadn't been with Jesus, then I don't think they would have had much to say. Honestly, I don't think they would have had anything to say. I think their boldness would have been wasted. But their boldness wasn't wasted. Because of their proximity to the one who held the power. You know what? Some of you are by nature bold. So there they are. There's a right, there, right over in that section. And somebody shouted online. It's awesome. You're bold. You're in the chat. That's why you're in the chat. You're bold. Some of you are bold by nature. Like there's the lion, otter, beaver, golden retriever. You're the lion, you're bold. You're bold by nature, but can I tell you, your boldness will be wasted if you haven't been in proximity to Jesus. And if you say, you know what, I'm not a lion. I'm like, I'm a golden retriever. If you're in proximity to Jesus, he will make you bold for the right things in the right space, in the right time, with the right people. He will embolden you He will use the gifts and the personality he's given you to position you with people to open your mouth and be bold for the cause of Christ. I think this is one of the important things about being in a space like this, whether you're gathered online or in person, when you're in the the prayer meeting, when we're in the presence of God, what it does, it can't help but do this, it emboldens us to fulfill our calling. You are being emboldened. You will leave this place and you will leave this service different than the way you came in. You will go into your Thursday bolder than you came out of your Tuesday. Why? Because you've been with Jesus. You've been with him and you are different. You are bolder. You are more equipped than you were yesterday to be bold for the cause of Christ tomorrow. You're gonna get bolder. The third truth though we see in this passage is that boldness begets boldness. I know we not often use the word begets in our everyday vernacular, which is why I put it in this point. Um, I also needed a word that started with B. Um, But it's true. I was going to say boldness brings boldness, but that's not really what I'm talking about. Boldness produces boldness. When you step out and you are bold, more boldness follows. It just happens. I'll just back that up. It doesn't just happen. The Holy Spirit produces it and brings it about. It's not an accident. It's part of the way God works through his people stepping because boldness is an act of faith. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they went to them and they said, you're never going to believe what happened. You're never going to believe how this all went down. They said this and then we said that and then we did this and then then we said that and and they, they recognized that we had been with Jesus and then they released us came straight here and wanted to tell you. They go back to their friends, and what do you think is gonna happen out of them telling their friends this? I love this,
1: I love this, I love
0: this. Verse 24, and when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. The early church recognized the principle that we saw in the last passage namely that boldness and the power for boldness is going to come through time with jesus so their immediate response to hearing this testimony to hearing this story is god we're coming back to you god we're lifting our voices to you and look at this in verse 29 part of what they pray and now oh lord hear their threats and crush them Some of you are like, really, no, no, it doesn't say that. I think we would be prone to think, God, hear their threats and judge them. God, hear their threats and deal with them. But that's not their prayer. Hear their threats and give your servants, give us your servants great boldness. Give us boldness in preaching your word because we realize the reason they're breathing out threats is they don't know you. They don't know you. So give us boldness not to shrink back when somebody's greatly annoyed or somebody threatens us or somebody doesn't like us. Help us to not go, okay, well, I'll be quiet now. Help us to have boldness. Stretch out your hand With healing power, may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Boldness begets boldness. This is why we read the praise cards, the testimony cards on like Sunday mornings and we'll read them sometimes on Wednesday nights. Why? Because when you hear about what God has done for somebody else, all of a sudden faith rises in your heart to say, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. It's the same way with boldness. When you get bold with your faith, what happens is it emboldens people around you to get bold with their faith. It doesn't just affect the situation that you were bold in. It produces more boldness in you and then it causes that boldness boldness to reverberate in the people around you, to reverberate and to build. They pray, God, make us bold. God, make us bold. Can I just ask you, how often are you praying, God, make me bold? How often are you praying, God, I know that they're annoyed every time I share, I don't want to shrink back. God, I just feel like there's a lot of pressure to be silent in my workplace. God, make me bold. I I know that what I'm seeing in the pressure to be silent means that there's a lot of power in the wings. If I'll step out and speak. When was the last time? How often are you praying? God, make me bold. Make me bold in my office. Make me bold around my extended family. Make me bold around my friends. Make me bold around my neighbors. Boldness is not the pathway of least resistance. It's just not. But boldness is the pathway to seeing God move in power. I love what the Puritan Philip Brooks wrote. He said, do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men and women. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. You've got big things to do. Oh God, empower us to do it. Pray for power equal to the task that God has called you to. That's what we're gonna do right now. Would you stand all across this room, online, if you're watching, stand, wherever you're at. Because here's the thing. The early church recognized that when they heard about the boldness of Peter and John, if they wanted to operate in that same boldness, if they wanted to see God do through them what he did through Peter and John, they would have to ask God to do it. If you want to be bold for the cause of Christ, if you want to be bold with your lost son or daughter, if you want to be bold with your lost parent or your lost spouse, if you want to be bold with your boss, then you've got to ask God, make me bold. I want to be bold. I want to be more bold for you than ever before in 2021. Make me bold. And can I tell, I want to encourage you with this. It is a prayer that God will always honor. He'll always honor it. Look at this in verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. God honored it. He always will honor it. And notice he doesn't just give them boldness. That's not the only way he's gonna answer that prayer. Look at verse 33. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. When you pray for boldness, God brings power. I want God's power at work in me. You want God's power at work in you. So it starts with saying, God, make me bold.